Welcome to IndieWire's Very Good Television Podcast. I'm Liz Shannon Miller at Lizlet on the Twitters. I'm Ben Travers at Ben T. Travers on the Twitters. And uh, we're recording this very special episode a little bit before we're actually publishing it, as is our want. But Ben, congratulations on surviving 2018. I mean, not that it was really that much of a trial. No, I mean, it, it was shockingly a great year. Coming out of 2017, looking ahead, you're like, the world is terrible. Yeah. Everything is dismal. There's no hope. 2017 was pretty rough, mm-hmm. and you know you, you were happy to uh, get out of it, like right. you're happy to leave it behind, and hope for a better future. Um, but I, I didn't have a, uh, I mean, I definitely didn't have the expectations that were exceeded by what actually happened in 2018. 2018 was a great year. It really was, and I, like you said, like you know, I feel like especially after 2016, where everyone's like, oh, well, nothing could be worse than 2016, and then 2017 happened, and so when we were going into 2018, we were like, oh, this is gonna, this, this, this is just gonna go be more of the same, yeah. except worse. Things were trending down. There was no real reason to think they were gonna trend back up. I mean, we're not just talking about the political side of things. I mean, Ben, I mean, you got probably the best birthday present anyone this year got. Um, when, you know, Trump got impeached in June, right in time for your birthday. It's still really hard for me to believe it. I know? mean, that was a raging party that you threw, for sure. Yeah. I mean, that's that's part of It's definitely part of the reason it's hard for me <laughs> to believe it, because I don't really remember a lot of what happened in the aftermath. But, but you do uh, remember Trump impeached. Yeah. Like and- I woke up six days later in a, in a fog of war and realized, oh, he's gone. He's not... He's not around anymore. Yeah, and I mean, like, you know, the thing with Trump getting impeached is that, you know, Mike Pence then becomes president, and that's no picnic. But then in, you know, November, uh, House and Senate flipped. Yeah, it didn't take didn't take long. Yeah, so I feel like, you know, it's we're not out of the woods politically, but things have really improved. Uh, and there's a lot, I mean, I'm, I'm feeling great about 2019 in terms of that. Yeah, and I mean, for all the all of the talk about how politics affected you know, entertain, the entertainment industry in, in 2017, obviously they, they had um, a similar effect in 2018 just for the better. I mean, like we, we talked about, I, mean, I remember 2017 was such a tough year because there were you know, so many sexual harassment discussions out there, so many sexual assaults, so many like, uh, people who were just getting torn down. And that, you know, obviously proved to be great because now in 2018, we had all of these, you know, wonderful shows with, with, with female leads and, you know, the mayor of television, John Landgraf, told us at the TCAs, which is another, like, just this nice little gift that we got uh, right around my birthday, um, saying that there there were more female leads on television than men. Yeah. No, um, I mean, it was a – I mean, and part of that came from, I think, one of my favorite trends of the pilot development season, which was that, uh, you know, because they – all these all these shows have been developed with male leads in mind just because that's the way we've always done it you know so more networks were like yeah we cast if we do go with a male lead what are the odds that something terrible is going to be revealed about him down the line probably safer just to go with a female lead the odds are at least slightly better so you have all like basically like a ton of examples of like when angelina jolie made salt where they just like let's just flip the genders and you know have have that be fun and so yeah it was a great year for women on tv um lots of really really outstanding performances uh you know we're, you know, I, I'm, I was just really glad to see Carrie Coon once again get like the miniseries role of her dreams, and you know, really kill it. I mean, I agree. I, I was, I was over the moon that they kind of, you know, 
for everything Noah Hawley's been up to right. recently. I, I didn't expect him to have the time, let alone the inclination, to secretly shoot a miniseries that was a Fargo spinoff with Carrie Coon and Olivia Sandoval's characters just, you know, going off, solving cases in Minnesota, partnering up, bringing down, you know, the internal patriarchy that was also represented by technology, obviously, of course. Uh, within that, you know, kind of small town uh, Midwestern vibe. But it was it was such a beautiful little six episode stint that they dropped kind of late in the year and it was like a nice little surprise and, and it was perfect because we'd all kind of we joked but seriously said you know we want this we want more of Winnie more of Gloria Burgle and uh, it was something that you never really expected to happen and it did it happened it was great yeah I feel like the thing I, I'm always constantly joking like you know wouldn't it be great if they just took these two characters and had them go off and solve crime like right. sometimes that's all you want you just want to watch two great characters to play by two amazing actors go solve crime and i think wait wait what it's like you say like what noah hawley did was really just create not just the idea of like why solving crime is so exciting to watch on television but really dig into the pathos and the humor of it like i feel like you know we're going to be talking about that series forever uh, especially after it's like how many Golden Globes did it get nominated for? Oh, I, I, I I'm pretty sure we lost count. Like, yeah. I'm pretty sure. Like I, I know there's a number out there, but nobody could really agree on it because we all kept trying to count, and then we just get different numbers, and we'd start over, and then we gave up and just said they've got all of them. Well, I mean, there's also that like, fight over whether or not like because it's it was so good that the you know film wanted to say oh it was the best film of the year. Yeah, and... it's only six hours long, so apparently it can qualify as a film now. Uh... So then... Friggin', you know, uh, I always forget. It's like Cahers de Cinema. I don't know how to say that weird language that they, like, I, I don't know how to pronounce that magazine title, but they yeah. tried to steal it again, and they were just like, Winnie and Winnie and Gloria, that's the second best movie of the year. And I was like, okay, I don't think so, guys, but way to stir the pot. Yep. Uh, but it was it was also really exciting in the sense that, uh, like, we had those nice surprises. We had that. We had um, the Netflix again decided to just, dropped the OA at random without telling anyone. Uh, but season two actually answered all of the questions we had from season one. That was very really satisfactorily, nice. which I never would have expected in a million years. That just seems impossible. Uh, but that worked out really well. And then there were a lot of good season twos. Like everything kind of like the, the follow-up seasons that dropped in, in 2018 were all really, really strong. You know, Westworld was really strong. Dear White People was really strong. Like the, these creators are, are really honing it down. Yeah, I mean, I feel like there's always this terror that comes with like, you know, I remember very, I remember around this time last year, I had just received episode one of season two of The Handmaid's Tale. Like Hulu thought, you know, what's a great pre-Christmas present sending out the first episode of The Handmaid's Tale a show you're not even going to be like able to write about until freaking April. Um, but uh, it was, but you know, still like, you know, there's that nervous anticipation about it coming out and not being sure, like, you know, can, can it reach the heights that it, it did in season one? Cause we, we, I feel like you and I, we write a lot about seasons ones. We love season ones. And sometimes that that's out of balance because season one is new and fresh. Sometimes it's out of balance because season one is the only season of a show that might end up existing. Um, yeah, and it's 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 not easier to make a good first season, but there's certain things about the discovery of those characters that are, uh, you know, they're 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 reliable. Like you you know that's going to be a pretty interesting hook. Um, but no, I, I was I was really pleased with how it worked out. I was really obvi- I know. You were a little upset with the decision by Netflix 
to just eliminate all of their Marvel shows except for Jessica Jones. But for me, that was perfect. I was like, we can trim all the fat. We don't need those guys. We're just going to focus on Jessica, and we're not going to worry about fucking Defenders anymore because nobody gave a shit about that in 2017 when it dropped. Like, it was maybe people cared for, I don't know, three days, and then they forgot that it actually existed. Um, so, yeah, I was, I, and, and again, the second season of Jessica Jones. Fantastic. Again, yeah. I mean, and I think that's the biggest thing is once you get past the setup and establishing phase, um, you know, you, you now have to just kind of deal with the fact now you're just a TV show. And I think that's why season twos are so key. But yeah, like you said, great year for season twos. All of our favorites. And yeah, Big I Little will, Lies even worked out. Big Little Lies season two was really, I mean, In God. In face, haters. Yeah. Giving it to Andrea Arnold was a brilliant move. Well, who would have thought? Who would have ever predicted that that would be a good decision? I mean, admittedly, yeah, that was a softball. But yeah. uh, certainly, certainly it worked out. Uh, I will say in answer to your, it, in defense of my initial hissy fit over them getting rid of all the Marvel shows. Um, hissy fit. Yeah, I mean, I'm putting it generously. Yep. Um, I didn't break a window. No, that's... The window was broken already. I just threw more things through it. Right, Liz, Liz just looked at it and it cracked because that she's got powers. I do have powers. Um no, uh, I, but at the same time, like I feel like it was a like it was just really smart of Marvel to decide to focus in on what it does best, and I think, you know, it's a sign that, you know, we learned a lot from 2016, 2017. We learned that expansion can be kind of the clutter, the clutter that had had been allowed to accumulate about certain certain franchises was damaging to some degree. Yeah, and it was a trend that you know I was happy to see kind of affected the the film industry as well as the TV industry. Netflix is probably the biggest example of it, where you know they realized that instead of investing you know eight billion, nine billion, ten billion in original content and just putting out as much as they possibly could put put out, they kind of decided no, we want to hone in and really make each of our projects the best they can possibly be. Yeah. Um, and that was something that we saw, obviously, in the film world, where they kind of scaled back a little bit on the franchises, started making more of those kind of mid-budget dramas that we'd lost track of in the like in the, by the end of the late 2000s, basically. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's it's uh, it was it was a good decision, and I think that 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 again mirrors a lot of of the progress that we made in 2018, where we ended up with so much more to do and remember fondly i mean to the point where to the point where we're trying to rush through this podcast in like 20 minutes just so we can get back out in the world and enjoy all of it because it's great yeah i mean we're doing great on time by the way because one of the things i feel like we really mastered in 2018 was being concise and really like you know making sure that you get the most for your time out of out of every podcast right i don't want to do like too much back padding because you know we've talked about it before all year and obviously you are our loyal listeners and, and you've you've kind of voiced your appreciation through yeah. itunes reviews and, and recommendations etc cetera, etc cetera. Um, and that's been very obviously very very appreciated um but yeah I, I agree like we're really we're not repeating anything at all we're not repeating anything yeah. at all anymore so it's yeah. great you don't you you don't certainly repeat yourself more than once in a sentence. I don't I don't repeat. No, I don't repeat myself. No. No. That's good. Yeah. And uh, I, it's 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 because we're just like I said so obsessed with what's going on this year in TV. Like again, there's there's been so much stuff and there's so much to look forward to in 2019, right. which is really what we should be talking about. It is, but I want to make sure that we talk about one really important thing, which was I really am impressed by the fact that you know, you know, you know that 
I was really nervous about the end of the X-Files season 11. You know, I was very, like, unsure how that was going to play out. You know, and... You know. Well, you, uh, you kid or with your kidding. Uh, but I was really happy that they didn't just end it, but they ended it beautifully. They ended it like some Chris Carter. I don't know where this I, 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 I'm just blown away by the fact that the Chris Carter we remember from episodes like Triangle and Postmodern Prometheus and, you know, just the even just like even the pilot, which is still one of the best written pilots of all time. Like he came together and he he, he came together. He brought his collaborators in. He listened. He, he must have he must have listened to some of the criticism we threw at him over season 10, because the end of season 11 really was a stunning episode of television that really brought the whole mythology together, um, gave the characters the happy ending we'd all been wanting. I think like it was it was just really special. And I'm really happy. I, I, I and I. I if I was ever nervous about it, I can't. I can't remember that time because I've just been ever since it finished airing. I've just been like kind of cloud a little bit. Yeah, I mean, uh, you know, obviously, speaking of things that you'd never thought possible, like you just didn't think they'd be able to wrap up so much in such a you know limited amount of time. Yeah, and yet they they really pulled it off. And that kind of you know looking back, that kind of set things up to end more in. 2018 where like they ended the x-files they didn't expect we didn't expect them to end the x-files like it seemed like they were cruising along they could yeah. keep making it for however long they wanted to and just keep throwing episodes at the wall and people would watch and it'd be fun but maybe not as meaningful as it used to be um but they decided to end it and it seemed like that was a trigger and then a bunch of stuff just started kind of closing doors and and providing us a lot of closure and it's been very satisfying you know ben i feel like and i feel like i, I want to give you this i want to give you this gift i feel like you should Tell your good friend Damon, Damon Lindelof, that I, I personally believe a lot of that was due to him. Like You think so? I think I think given the way that the leftovers ended in twenty seventeen, I think a lot of creators went into twenty eighteen thinking about how can we make this the best ending possible. And I mean, because I, I to to be clear, I wasn't not expecting like the end of the X Files to not be great. I just wasn't expecting it to be an end because mm-hmm. the X Files is always, you know. I've I've said goodbye to the X Files more than once at this point, so that's that's really what we're talking about here is the fact that we got a great ending, and I feel like Damon Lindelof in 2017 taught us the meaning of a great ending, and I think it 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 had it had a serious impact. Like I feel like like to the degree that I remember uh, there was when the Sopranos finale happened. Like, and just all these uh, creators, there was an article I read with all these showrunners, all these creators, like, talking about how inspired they were. Like, just in, not in terms of, like, oh, we should all end our shows like that, because no. Right. But uh, the fact that a lot of creators were, you know, really excited about, a lot of creators were really excited about just, like, what that narrative possibility had. And I feel like the flip side of, like, Damien Lindelof showing us with the leftovers, you can be open-ended but still closed, and you can still have a really beautiful ending for your story. Like, I feel like it's just elevated storytelling to a whole new degree in 2018. And I feel like the, all, the number of showrunners and creators I've seen cite it in interviews in 2018, the number of people I've heard say this, has been, yeah, I can't count them on my, all my fingers and toes. Yeah, I mean, it, it was like they got excited to end their shows, you know, like where before they really, you know, they, they enjoyed making them, but they'd also be nervous about you know, putting the nail in the coffin or saying goodbye to their characters just like, you know, viewers would be. But then they saw that ending and they were like, you know what? 
I want to I want to do that. Like I want to do my best version of what uh, the leftovers accomplished. And I mean, there's been some there's been some you know obviously a, a ton of great developments since you know the leftovers wrapped and and how much that's benefited television as a whole podcast unto itself. Mm-hmm. Uh, like obviously I'm I'm super excited for Mimi Leader's uh, Oscar nomination. That's that's got to be right around the corner. Like I mean she's I been mean, racking it- up. Every precursor award so far. All the critics groups. Uh, you know, Thoreau had a great, can- uh, like, great supporting role. Uh, everybody, like Flosty Jones, Army Hammer, like they're all like right there with it, and it's it's leader and leader. You know, she brought the leftovers to the perfect end. So no, I mean, and it's true. It's just, like Justin Thoreau earned his Golden Globe nomination. Oh, he yeah. he did not he did not get it because he'd be bringing Jennifer's arm candy. No, 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 he did. Uh, yeah, that's that's that popular joke floating around Twitter I just was you know it's easily squashed as soon as you see the movie which is pretty nice so yeah um, but yeah no I will uh, I will pass along those thoughts to, to Damon at the wedding on Saturday and uh, well you know I'm sure I'm sure he'll be grateful so. oh that's good I mean I, I, is he is he still officiating uh, yeah he's he's officiating we've had some some talks about it uh, where you know he's like does it feel though like I like I don't want it to feel like I'm split between you like I very much want to be on your side and like be there for you and I'm like no, no, no David's okay like you, like you know both parties like we're gonna get we're gonna we're gonna be okay and it, it'll it'll work out you, you'll be in the pictures with all the guys like it'll be it'll be good so it's gonna be a great wedding I'm very excited I've always wanted a winter wedding so yeah, it's, it's in, up in the hills with the snow yeah I know I, I you know you know me Liz I, I love do. the snow you do I miss it like I, last year at this time I was Getting ready to go to Hawaii, which God. is so stupid. <laughs> like, I mean, I mean it's, it's hot there. Yeah. Who 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 came up with that idea? Uh, it was like Ben Travers needs to go to Hawaii. God, my sister. That's who did it. That Ugh. horrible person. Hi, Kate. Good yeah. to see you. Yeah, yeah. Kate, I'll see you on Saturday. Yep. Um, Best man. <laughs> Aw. Is she wearing a tux? Uh, I don't. She's trying to surprise me. Okay. I, I'm secretly thinking she's gonna do. Um, like a best man version of the Leslie Nope wedding dress, like with the newspaper oh. clippings and stuff. Because uh, I've heard, I've seen her like trying to print out some of my articles and like get some stuff like surrounded. But I, I'm not sure. We'll see. She's a trickster. <laughs> yeah. Oh, it's gonna be nice. Uh, yeah, there's just so much to be excited about in 2019. Liz, can you pick anything? Like anything just off the top of your head where, you know, um, maybe maybe not. Like, it's going to be better than 2018. Like, maybe yeah. it's not like, well, I expect this to top what I saw this year. Yeah, I don't want to say, like, 2019 is going to top 2018 because 2018 was so good. Right. Um, but there's, I mean, there's reason to be excited at least. Which yeah. Is well, I feel like the fact that, I mean, because it's not, because we talked a little bit about how this is the year of women in for television and, you know, we've had, there have been so many great leading roles. But, you know, the, I have to say it was it came out of left field, but in 2018 when, uh, you know, CBS basically was just like, you know, let's just make all of the leads of our shows women or people of color. Like, mm-hmm. let's just completely abandon the white male. I think a lot of people caught, got caught off guard with it. But what I what made me so happy was seeing the same audiences that showed up for CBS programming when it was like dominated by white male characters still showed up and still were really excited about stories being told from different points of view. Like they didn't, they were there for the procedural comfort. They right. def, they didn't, it's not like they, CBS abandoned the procedural. CBS just abandoned the idea of a white male hegemony in, in 
in that context. And I think we got to see some really great storytelling, even within the context of the CVS procedural, uh, which is something that, you know, I think you especially were caught off guard by. Like, I can't believe how many A's you handed out last fall. I was, I was very caught off guard, Elizabeth. I mean, that was totally unexpected. Um, I, I'm still kind of wrapping my head around it, and I think that's a good point to bring up because, you know, they're, they're so successful at this point that there's no way there's not going to be more in the future, more coming down the pipe. We've talked a little bit with some of the people at CBS, and, you know, they've got some exciting programming on the way, which will be fun to, you know, see in 2019, but it's equally fun to see where everything they created this year, you know, keep going. Yeah. God. Ben, remember, also, like- if, they, if they could just do me one more little favor and let – let Dougie guest host on Colbert again. Because oh. when, when Kyle McLaughlin, you know, shows up as In Dougie character. Jones from Twin Peaks, when he when he showed up and took over late night while, while Steven was off, uh, you know, helping with the, with the campaign efforts, uh, that was amazing. Like, I know it was controversial. A lot of people were like, we're just watching him sit silently and stare into the camera for an hour. And I was, I it was some of the best television I'd ever seen. I mean... Did it need to go on for a whole month? Maybe not. But I do agree. Like, there were some real highlights when in, in, in those weeks. It really showed how willing CBS was to break boundaries and to, and to just totally, you know, usurp expectations. Like, everything they did in 2018 was surprising. And that was very exciting. Yeah. No, in, in general, great year. Great year for television. Great year for us personally. Just 2018, mwah, chef's kiss. Yeah. Hold on to you uh, if if I could. Yeah, I mean, th- was it the best part that you were surprised? Who knows? But, you know, I feel like, I don't know. <sighs> it was good. It was just a really good time. We'll look back on it fondly. We will look back on it fondly. I mean, God, remember when we used to, we still used, we used to do a best thing, next thing around this time. But Oh, my God. Yeah. yeah I forgot about that. I was yeah. so glad we retired. I mean, it was. It was kind of a bittersweet retirement, but we learned about endings. Right. So we, it was, there was that. And it was just, it was too hard to keep up with everything. Like, yeah. Like, uh, suggesting the best thing and the next thing, it was like, well, we're basically just telling them something they already know. Like, mm-hmm. at this point, there's so many good things. You're going to throw a dartboard at the wall, you're going to hit something, and you're fine. So, like, yeah. us recommending it is just kind of, it, it felt a little selfish almost. Like, it's just like, well, I don't need to tell you. You, you. you know. There's just so much to look forward to. How can we narrow it down? Exactly. Um, and that's and that's I think a great way to go into the year 2019. Um, as always, thank you so much for listening. Keep going to indiewire.com. Uh, you know we're better than ever. Uh, we've had a great year as a staff. And uh, Ben, uh, I mean we're still we're, we still have this amazing podcast network as well. We do. I mean, uh, turn it on podcast with Michael Schneider has hit new levels of awesomeness since uh, he he brought in. Uh, the new the new co-host right uh, which is just I mean it's thrilling like I I was always like you know what Michael Schneider is the king of podcasts he doesn't need anybody sitting there with him like you know kind of you know poking in and, and interrupting the interviews or, or you know bringing in new guests or changing things up but I mean the decision to bring in Ann Dowd as his co-host was just outstanding and it's really brought the 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 whole network of podcasts at IndieWire to a whole new level because again you know then you've got the the Filmmaker Toolkit podcast with Chris O'Fault. And right. as we've talked about, like I remember, 
you know, years ago, I talk about how perfect Crisp was and how he was, you know, the best representation of us all. And, you know, he, he just blah, 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 like endless stuff. And now, like, it seems like everybody knows that because they're fighting to get on that podcast now. Like, he can't keep up with the level of, of Oscar winners and, 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 and screenwriter. Like, everybody, like, everybody is just beating down that door uh, to the point when, uh, you know, when, when you've got, like, Oprah – and she's trying to get on, and he's like, "Listen, Oprah, I don't really like." He I, didn't I have love a slot you. for Oprah. That's you're, right. You're great, but I'm trying to talk about the filmmaker toolkit. Like, I'm trying to talk about people who are, you know, like behind the camera, like mm-hmm. doing the work. And she was like, "I can, I'm, I'm interested. I do that sometimes." He's like, "No, I, Oprah, just take a back seat. We'll call you next year." So, yeah. Um, obviously, that's great. And then the one that started it all, Screen Talk with Ann Thompson and, and Eric Cohn. Um, Did you know a podcast could win an Emmy? Because I didn't until this year. Uh, again, another great decision in 2018 was for the Emmys to open it up a little bit to podcasts and invite that, you know, that medium into the fold of television because, you know, there's video podcasts and and they've experimented with that a little bit now that we've got a lot more ease of access and free internet and all that. Um, So, so that's, that's been, that's been a a boon for them for sure. But I am just also impressed at their consistency because they've always been great and they still are very much the same show they always have been. And, uh, yeah, I mean, I, I, I don't – why am I going on like this? You guys know. You're not – like, if you're listening to us, you're listening to them. So yeah. I'll leave it at that. Yeah. Um, and as always, you can find Ben on Twitter at Ben T. Travers. And you can find Liz on Twitter at Lizlet. That's with an I and an E. Thank you so much for listening with us. I uh, really appreciate you keeping up, you know – keeping up for, God, so many years now. It's been it's, – it's, it's hard to count. Yeah, I mean, what's our podcast number? Oh, uh, gosh. Uh, we, well, we, 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 what are we talking about? We just cleared the 250 mark. Well, if you guys could stop sending cakes because it's just confusing. Yeah, We've it's got getting – too many cakes. That's the thing. That's the problem. That's why we can't really tell you the number. I can't tell you the number off the top of my head because I associate big round numbers with cake and, you know, just so many cakes flooding in. So many cakes. So many cakes. And, I mean, it's appreciated, and we know you love us for because of those cakes. But, you know. Yeah. No, I, I, it's it's always moving when we receive them. But at some yeah. point, I'm, like, I got to fit into my tux. Like, there's, yeah, there's you, limitations. You got a wedding on Saturday. Right. All right. Well, I'll see you at the wedding. See you there, Liz. Yep. But uh, we will see you on the internets and the rest of you. Thank you so much for listening. And, as always, once again, keep watching television. Thank you.